0: Without you, we wouldn't even be here. Oh, Jesus, thank you. I just got a text before I came up from Pastor Brent down in California encouraging me this morning. Uh, So, thanks, Dad, if you're watching. You're amazing. We are so excited and can't wait until you get back. Um, But you got me today, so. Uh, the rumors are true. I am American. I cut my teeth in Dallas, Texas, on ministry, so I like it if you holler back at me. It makes me know I'm doing a good job. If you don't, I'm gonna keep going and going and going and going and going and going until you do. So, just kidding. I'm just kidding. All right. It's good to see all your beautiful faces out there. Oh, praise you, Jesus. I just want to start this morning. I want to read something from uh, the Bible. Um, from the Passion Translation. If you guys don't like the Passion Translation, you can send your complaints to uh, Jeremy Chan at Windward Watch. No, I'm kidding. Don't do that. But That email doesn't even exist, I don't think so. Um, <laughs> oh, just to start our day off, Matthew 6, 9 through 10. Our beloved Father, dwelling in the heavenly realms, may the glory of your name be the center on which our lives turn. Manifest your kingdom realm and cause your every purpose to be fulfilled on earth just as it is in heaven. That's why we're here, right? That's why he put us here. That's what we're supposed to do is to manifest his kingdom realm as we walk, as we talk, as we breathe, as we live. That one says heaven. And I love it. So... This morning, I want to talk to you about a few things. Um, The main thing is I want to talk to you about this guy named Daniel. Um, But I want you to understand that right now in the, the spiritual realm, there are keys being dropped out of heaven. There's things that are being released right now that the world has never seen before. There are experiences that people are having that has never happened before. The world is about to go through something that has never happened before. there is about to be a revival released through the earth that will look unlike any revival that has ever been released. The Lord is doing something and he's wanting to partner with each and every one of you so that that can happen. And that is the only way that it will happen is if you step up and partner with the Holy Spirit, you activate the gift and the keys that he has given you. This isn't a kick down the doors moment. This is a grab a hold of the keys moment and unlock the door moment that's what this is coming up. So I want to talk to you about Daniel in the Bible. There's so many stories in that book that I could take and I could turn into a full on thing. Um, But I have two main stories and a couple side stories today. Um, But Daniel, he served during the time of a guy named Nebuchadnezzar. Now, uh, there's different things. If you Google Nebuchadnezzar, you're going to find all different kinds of stuff. You're going to find some things that saying, "Oh, he was this great king and he ruled the earth." and then you're going to find things in the Bible that are very contradictory and say that he was a very cruel tyrant. He was a wicked king, and he served pagan gods. Now that's probably more the way I would learn. Lean just because, well, one, it's in the Bible. And two, um, If you look up Babylon and anything about Babylon, you're gonna find that Babylon was a place of darkness. It was a place of evil. Um, It was a place where they served. uh, Now, they were polytheists, which means they served not one God, but they served many. Um, They offered human sacrifice. They did all kinds of wicked, evil things. And Daniel served under this guy. And he would have been called uh, um, a wizard or a sorcerer by the Babylonians. But I'm here to tell you this morning that what the world calls you isn't what God calls you. The world might call you sorcerer, God calls you prophet. The world might call you boat rocker, the world calls you, the world might call you boat rocker, but the God calls you pioneer. The world might call you foolish, but God says you are brilliant. I've called you for a purpose. I've destined you for a for this special task that I have for you. I have keys to the kingdom to release to you. You are called for such a time as this. Daniel was a first generation captive from Israel, was made a slave, and had every single right to hate the people who enslaved him. He had every right as he watched his home of Jerusalem be burned to the ground, the walls torn down, and his people fleeing, captured, or killed as they were exiting Jerusalem. Daniel was probably a teenager at this point. I know a lot of like movies or things portray Daniel as an older man. Um, Daniel was an older man when he served uh, some of the later kings um, because the book of Daniel takes place during not one, not two, not three, but four different rulerships of not just the Babylonians, but the Persians and the Medes as well. And Daniel served under each and every one of them and arised to the rank of authority over the whole land was given up to like the third person in charge over everything during different rulerships. And there's one reason for that because Daniel walked and talked and lived servanthood. He lived the life of a servant without whatever came against him Now, in Daniel 4, at this point, Jerusalem's been destroyed, its people killed, enslaved. And Daniel has already interpreted King Nebuchadnezzar, one of his dreams. In the first dream, the king was very demanding. He didn't really know Daniel at this point. He demands that all of his wise men, wizards, and sorcerers come to him. And he says, I had a dream. They said, okay, tell us the dream. And he says, nope, I'm not going to tell you the dream, because you might lie to me about the interpretation. Tell me the dream, then, I'll t- then, then tell me the interpretation. And they say, well, that's not really possible, King um, <laughs> what, what are you What are you talking about? And he's like, no, that's the deal, or you're all going to die. And so that's what starts happening. He starts... Making heads roll, he starts going after them, all the wise men in the land, until the executioner makes it to Daniel. And he's, the Daniel's like, okay, hold on, slow your roll, what's going on? What's going on here for a second? And uh, the executioner's like, all right, well, here's the deal. King put out this order, anybody that can tell him the dream and the dream's interpretation, then he'll stop killing people until he's killed all the wise men, otherwise that's what's going to happen, you're all going to die. And Daniel says, all right, take me to the king. He goes to the king. He says, I need a day. He goes and he gets before the Lord, and he gets the dream and the interpretation. Gives it to the king. Gets honors, privileges, all kinds of stuff, which is why most people assume when you hear the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fiery furnace, he wasn't there. Most people are like, well, did Daniel give in? No, Daniel did not give in because that's just not Daniel. You see, later on, Daniel refuses to give in with King Darius, and that's just not Daniel. Daniel was most likely on an assignment in another part of the kingdom because he was so privileged and highly honored because of what he served the king and how he did it. But in Daniel 4, we find this this Daniel now with honors and privileges, but still a slave, mind you, still a slave. And the king says, I have a dream. Now this time he smartens up. He doesn't say, tell me the dream first. He knows Daniel can already do that. So he's not really worried. <clears throat> and he's ready to interpret another dream. And he looks at Daniel and he says, I've got this dream and in the dream, basically he has shown his own demise, but he doesn't know it yet. And it's an analogy of his own demise. He sees this tree and this tree is filled with wild birds and animals. And it becomes, it goes from being this beautiful tree to this gnarled, nasty-looking tree. And it's an analogy of how beautiful his kingdom was and how amazing the Babylonian Empire is. And it's all brought down to nothing. And Daniel hears this dream from Nebi. Because I don't want to say Nebuchadnezzar over and over and over and over and over. So we're going to call him Nebi. (coughs) Um... So he hears this dream from Nebbi and uh, he knows what it is right away. He knows exactly what it means. Um, and Daniel, his response here to this statement of him knowing now the dream, he knows he's heard the dream. He's, he knows the interpretation of what it means. And his response here, Daniel 4.19, he says, Then Daniel whose name is Belteshazzar, that's what the Babylonians called him, they renamed them, was appalled. For while as his thoughts alarmed him, the king responded and said, Belteshazzar, do not let the dream or its interpretation alarm you. Belteshazzar replied, my lord, if only the dream applied to those who hate you and its interpretation to your adversaries. This is a guy who's been enslaved, stripped from his home, everything taken from him and he still says my king I wish this was about to happen to your enemies and he proceeds to tell Nebuchadnezzar your greatness is going to be stripped from you and you are going to be brought low and you're going to wander the fields like an animal for seven years this is going to happen and it does it happens just like that Nebi is taken, he's up on his, he's up in the palace and he looks out over all of Babylon and he says, look what I created, look what I built by the glory of my own hand and by my own strength and power and instantly his mind is taken from him and he wanders the fields as an animal, driven with madness, driven out of, they, they, the people of Babylon drove their own king out of the city because of how mad and wild he was. They said his hair grew out and his nails. And then seven years later, his mind instantly returns to him. And he praises God. And he says, the God of Daniel is the one true God. Jesus. You see, Daniel knew that it didn't really matter what happened to him or what he'd been through, what he'd walked through, but it was the relationship with the Father. That through his place of influence, if he just showed love and service to a pagan king, in his last days, this king comes back to his right mind and he praises the Lord as the creator and the one true God. Sometimes guys were put in positions where it's just your act of love that's going to change the environment. It's just your act of service, your simple yes to what God has for you that is going to change the atmosphere. It's going to change everything. The circumstances that have put you where you are pale in comparison to the works the Father can do through you if you just... The road you have walked, however painful and long, however bumpy, it pales to what Jesus wants to partner with you to do. There's a lot of that going around, where a lot of countries, a lot of workplaces are being ruled by tyrants. And even if we don't agree or like what the person is doing, and a lot of times, lately, I really don't agree with what is going on. But it's service. Even when it's hard is what changes the atmosphere. The only time, the only time, the only Time I will not serve under a tyrant is when it contradicts the laws of my king. Because if it contradicts the laws of my king, then it will not stand. And I will stand on this word. I will stand on this word before the laws of a tyrant. But I will serve the tyrant as if I'm serving the king until they contradict this word. Until they contradict this word, I will serve and I will pray for them and no matter how hard it is, no matter how hard it is when I see things happening that are breaking my heart for my country and breaking my heart for this country, I will serve still because it is by my example of love and service that an atmosphere will change. Only when it contradicts this do I stop and say, nope, the line is here. Because how many of us, it's so much easier to complain about our prime minister and our president than it is to pray for our prime minister and our president. I'm the same way. I have multiple conversations sometimes in a single day about how i I am with the current state of things in this country and in America and around the world. And I don't stop in that moment and say, Jesus, just be with them. It's hard right now. I don't even know the burden that they bear. I don't even know what it's like to have an entire nation on your shoulders and be dependent upon you for the decisions that will Ultimately affect them. As hard as that is to take a step back when you're seeing chaos around you and it seems like the leader of the nation is throwing it all away. But to say, Jesus, I really don't know what their pressure is like. Just be with them. Just give them peace, give them an encounter with you. Give them a moment in time where they can see past all of the lies, all of the hate, all of the anguish and into a moment of the kingdom revelation where they see the Father and they see the Son and they see what they're doing wrong and they see this moment and they are risen up inside with grief and they understand this is the direction Lord Jesus, put wise counselors around them. Silence the mouth of the enemy. Silence the, the lies of the foolish. Daniel locked, unlocked, He unlocked doors for his own success and the success of others by submitting to the presence of God. Daniel knew who he really served and who was really in charge. Who was the one that put the stars in motion, caused the grass to grow, told the birds to sing? You want to change something? Look to heaven for your answers. Daniel didn't sit there when the the executioner came in and said, "All right, here's the deal. Here's what's going on. I gotta kill you," because this is what the king has said. He said, he didn't say, "Oh, well, that's what the king said." He looked to heaven for an answer to the problem that was before him. Every issue you could ever imagine has a solution in heaven. Because believe it or not, if there's something on earth that has a problem, God has a thought about it. I think sometimes we forget that it's God that created this earth and we forget that he actually cares about what's going on down here and not in a way of like he cares about us of course we understand that we understand that he's our father jesus died for us and he loves us so much but we forget about the fact that he actually created the earth too and he cares about it deeply he cares about what's going on in it you see the russia ukraine crisis god's got an answer You see COVID, God's got an answer. You see unsustainable fuel sources or unsustainable things that are causing issues in the environment, God's got an answer. Maybe there's a new form of plastic out there that could be better, it could be used properly, and God's got an answer. Maybe it's a simple solution. And maybe it's in one of your hearts, already in mind. I remember I was listening to a story from Pastor Bill Johnson in Bethel, and he was talking about um, this very similar thing, that there are problems on earth and there are solutions in heaven. And this one gentleman heard the message, and he said, you know what, I'm going to take a hold of that, and I'm going to pray into it. And he did. He did exactly that. He prayed into it. And one night he has a dream. Now, this guy is a painter. One night he has a dream about type of tape to use. Now, if you don't know that painters use tape to cut special lines, um, if they don't want to cross over into another color, or if you're a messy painter like me, it's just everywhere all over the room because I don't want to go, this wall wants to be white and this wall wants to be gray, and I can't go over to the white with the gray or else it'll look terrible. And so I put all this tape up. Well, this guy dreams up of a new type of tape, and he calls it frog tape. And a bunch of the painting companies are like, no, 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 it's a ripoff. We're going to take you to court. They take him to court, and he wins in court because he shows the chemical makeup that he got a dream from the Lord of for this tape. And it's brand new. It's unlike anything else. And it works better than the other stuff. There are ideas, there are dreams, there are revelations, there are new things boiling in your hearts and in your bellies that God wants to release and he just needs you to say yes, to partner with him and see something that is an issue in this world be revealed. He's got a solution, trust me. He's got a solution because he cares more about the earth than you do. He cares more about the problems than you do. This morning, in worship, the Lord told me, look at your sons. I looked at them, as I always do, with love, excitement, cherishness. I cherish my sons. I don't want anything to happen to them. He said, you see that look? You feel that right now? That's how I see each and every person in this room. Some of you need to just stop and receive that for a second. That moment that you see a little baby and all of that emotion that you feel, especially if you're a parent in this room, when you first saw your child, that all of that emotion that welled up and boiled up inside of you, that's exactly what the Father sees when he sees you. He cares so deeply for each So I talked about Daniel and how he was in this situation of servanthood, well, s- slave. He was a slave. Now, Daniel didn't say yes to everything. He didn't just say yes, king, yes, king, yes, king, yes, king. Let's fast forward a little bit of time. Nebuchadnezzar has died. His son was in charge, and that's, if you don't, if you know the story of Daniel, you know about the story where the hand comes and writes on the wall while his son is having this big feast to celebrate his kingdom, and it comes and writes on the wall, and then they're all in a panic, and the king's wife comes in, which is Nebuchadnezzar's daughter-in-law, comes in and says, hey, there's this guy, I remember, that when your dad was king, he could answer any problem your dad had. He could just find the solution. Um, and she actually says in the scripture, he has the spirit of the living God on him. And he could solve any problem that Nebuchadnezzar had. <clears throat> so he comes in, he reads the thing, He very similar situation, I wish this wasn't going to happen to you, but your kingdom is being stripped from you, and you're going to lose it all this very night, it's gonna happen. And it does, he comes, the new king comes, takes over the kingdom, they lose everything. But right before that, Daniel is given so much honor that he is the third most powerful person in the kingdom for a day. The world's not looking for you to give them a mamby-pamby, wimpy answer to their problem. They're looking for the truth they are looking for the truth rulers of nations are looking for you to stroke their ego they're looking for the truth and you are going to be set before kings before rulers before presidents that is the destiny of the Christian is to be set before kings and they are not looking for your yes they are looking for your truth. The only person that's looking for your yes is God. Yeah. Come on. Come on. Oh. So now the new king has taken over. Daniel is serving him. And this king loves Daniel. He loves, love, loves Daniel. He is his favorite person in the whole world. They are best buds. Still a slave, mind you. But they are friends to the end. <clears throat> this king's name is Darius. Now, Darius is influenced by some people in his court are not Daniel um, and he in, in effect he puts in an order over his whole kingdom that basically says um, no one's going to worship for I think it's I think it's like a week or two um, no one can worship anybody but the king there's just nobody can worship anything and this goes back to what I was saying when it contradicts this this is the law and Daniel knew that So when the king puts up this order, here's what Daniel does. Daniel 6.10. Now, when Daniel learned that the document was signed, he entered his house. And in his roof chamber, he had windows open toward Jerusalem, toward his home. When you pray, focus your attention on your home. When you pray, focus your attention on heaven. he continued kneeling on his knees three times a day, praying and offering praise before his God, just as he had been doing previously. Then these men came by agreement and found Daniel offering a prayer and imploring favor before his God. Then they approached and spoke before the king about the king's injunction. Did you not sign an injunction that any person who offers prayer to any God or person besides you, O king, For 30 days, so I was wrong, 30 days, there it is, is to be thrown into the lion's den. The king replied, the statement is true, according to the law of the Medes and the Persians, which may not be revoked. Then they responded and spoke before the king. Daniel, who is one of the exiles from Judah, pays no attention to you, O king, or the injunction you signed. He keeps offering his prayer three times a day then, as soon as the king heard this statement, he was deeply distressed. Because I told you before, he was in love with Daniel, as a friend. He loved him. And he set his mind to rescuing Daniel until sunset. He kept exerting himself to save him. Then these men came by agreement to the king and said to the king, Recognize, O king, that it is the law of the Medes and the Persians, that no injunction or statute which the king establishes may be changed. Then the king gave orders, and Daniel was brought in and thrown into the lion's den. The king said to Daniel, Your God, whom you continually serve, will himself rescue you. And the stone was brought and placed over the mouth of the den, and the king sealed it with his own signet ring and the signet ring of his nobles, so that nothing would be changed regarding Daniel. Then the king went into his palace spent the night fasting, and no entertainment was brought before him, and his sleep fled from him. Then, then, then the king got up at dawn at the break of day and went and hurried to the lion's den. I'm here to tell you, dawn is breaking when someone, when you are put into your appointed rule and role of revelation, there will be those who oppose you. I promise you that. There will be opposition but for the wisdom and the favor of God that comes upon you. I got a message for you this morning. There are good things that happen in dawn. There are good things that happen in the dawn. Though the night may have been long, though you may have wept, there is joy in the morning. God has a purpose for you in the dawn. I remember two women that went to another stone at dawn and found it rolled from a tomb and found that the king was risen. Back to Daniel 6, verse 20. And when he had come near the den to Daniel, he cried out with a troubled voice, the king began speaking and said to Daniel, Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God, whom you continually serve, been able to rescue you from the lions? Then Daniel spoke out to the king and said, O king, may you live forever. My God has sent his angel and shut the mouth of the lions, and they have not harmed me since I was innocent before him and also toward you, O king. I have committed no crime. Listen to this guy. He's got thrown in a lion's den. And he comes out saying, O king, may you live forever. Daniel's servanthood and his love for those around him extended far beyond his circumstances. Who talks like that? Thrown into the pit with ferocious hungry lions. I was talking to Pastor Jeremy last night. And we're talking about this because I'm going over my message a little bit. And he says, I don't know about you, but when I came out of a mouth of a lion's den, I'd be telling everybody I loved them too. <laughs> if I went through this experience where an angel came and grabbed a hold of a lion and shut its mouth and said, not today, I'd come out of there telling them, oh, o king, may you live forever. Oh, you, may you live forever. Oh, you, I love you. Oh, you, I love you. This experience that changes your entire perspective. of servanthood that daniel had is the same kind of servanthood that jesus had when he washed his disciples feet unregarding for your own situation unregarding for how bad it's gonna smell unregarding for what it looks like feels like your things that you've been through in the past The past bosses that you've had that this one reminds you of, and the trauma you experienced there, and the same trauma that's coming up now. God is bigger. The Father has a purpose for you. And ultimately, in verse 23, we see then the king was very glad gave orders for Daniel to be lifted out of the lion's den. So Daniel was lifted up out of the den, and no injury, whatever, was found on him, because he trusted his God. Then the king gave orders and brought the wicked to justice. The whole family was thrown in of the evil men, and it says in the Bible, before they hit the ground, the lions had destroyed them. You have no clue how you're influencing people and what people are looking at you to do. You may go through your work day and you may be sad and sullen and grumpy and your boss is going to see that and he's going to continue or she's going to continue to heap all of that garbage on you because you are just heaping it back at them but if your influence comes from the place of the Father and you burn inside for what Jesus's plan is and you come up with solutions whether it benefits you or not and you say hey boss I have this idea that I think that you know I have this dream and the Lord told me this and I you give it to your boss and your boss may even mock you for it but they probably are gonna try it because people authority one truth they want your ideas and if you build that relationship of service and love they're eventually going to trust you with the kingdom it's good. It's good. It's good. It's good. like i said the only one that's wanting your yes is god God is asking for your yes, and as we begin to wind down today, I want to ask each and every one of you what your yes is, what he's been putting on your heart. There may be some of you in here who may even, the yes is a first time salvation, first time saying, Jesus, you can have it. Maybe you did that this morning when Jeremy was talking and he brought everybody up and he said that God wants your heart. Maybe you didn't. Maybe your yes is, I'm going to serve my boss well. I'm going to serve my church well. I'm going to serve my country well. Maybe your yes is, I'm going to stop complaining about my surroundings and what's going on in my nation and I'm going to spend... 15 minutes in prayer every single day for the leaders of my nations. I promise you, if you even spend 15 minutes in prayer for your leaders of your nations, the complaining will slowly and slowly and slowly get less and less. Because when you pray for those that persecute you and you bless those who hurt you, all of that garbage will go away because your heart will be changed. There are two fights left to fight on this earth. And that is the battle for your heart. And that is the battle for your mind. So remember, take a look at your opportunities that are around you. Connect with heaven. Partner with the Father. There are solutions out there that you might even have your day-to-day work. Maybe you own a business and you are saying, God, we are failing financially. What is it that you want to do with this business? Partner with me, Jesus. And maybe he has a brand new way to do business with you. <clears throat> so this morning, as I wrap up, I want to give each every person in here the opportunity to, Um, The prayer team is going to come forward, and I'm going to give all of you the opportunity to say yes, to come forward, whether it's be with a person up here and get ministered to by the prayer team, or just spend some time alone in prayer with the Father. And come forward and say, yes, Lord, whatever it is, if it's my business, you have my yes. If it's my job, you have my yes. If it's my heart, you have my yes. If it's my everything, you have my yes. I promise you, if you step into supernatural servanthood, supernatural love, this will unlock the door to the kingdom. And it will usher in a wave of revival like we have never seen before. And we will not settle for anything less than a move of power, a move of God, a move of the Father. So as I conclude, Just give him your yes. Say yes to being a servant. Say yes to being a lover. Say yes to Jesus. Say yes to what the Father wants to do with and through you. Prayer team, please come forward. And if you want that yes, then I invite you, come forward and grab a hold of whatever God wants to do through you you can be with a prayer team they will minister to you if you're a first time salvation please go to the prayer team because they want to help you and to get you connected and make you a part of this beautiful family so come on forward now if that's you if that's you saying yes to your business if that's saying you yes to God for whatever it is come on forward Thank you guys. You are dismissed. Have a wonderful week.